Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no-drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Let's talk books. The new one is insane. It's great. I love all your books, though. I mean, I, I loved Happy Man. It was one of the things that inspired me to, to write my book. The book was great. Oh, thanks. Even my misadventures. Misadventures. I think you make an appearance in my book. Yeah, I do. I think misadventures. It's, it's 28 years sober is all I can say. 28 years sober. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Literally. I'm, I feel like I say I'm excited all the time for my guest. And guess what? I usually am. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm acting. I mean, how excited can a man be? Um, but Michael J. Fox. Okay. Really, there's not much more to say. I've known Michael since the 80s. We were rivals. And then we were best buddies. He did not like that he was not in the Brat Pack. He didn't like it. Told me that he started his own thing called the Snack Pack. That's what he said. Um, And then, of course, we sized each other up and we became fast friends. And I actually write about um, sometimes I had with Michael in my first book, Stories Only Tell My Friends, which is inspired by the success of Michael's first book, Lucky Man, which is a great book. And he has a new book out now called No Time Like the Future, An Optimist Considers Mortality. And the guy is just a tremendous writer, along with being hilarious and being in the kind of movies that 
you're going to remember forever. I mean, the kind of movies that change, you know, the culture. And of course, I'm talking about Teen Wolf. Um, you know, let's face it. Anyway, he doesn't like it when I talk about Teen Wolf. Just watch. You'll see. Um, it's great. I can't wait to have my friend, the lovely and inspirational and genius Michael J. Fox. So it's a book about golf originally. Well, it was a book about golf. And then I, and then I get this spine thing, this tumor on my spine. It was really out of left field. And, um, and, uh, and they told me, I mean, I'm dealing with Parkinson's and that's just kind of like, I'm this, I'm used to that. It's like, it takes up this much of my life and the rest of my life thrives in the other, in the other spaces. But, um, but then this back thing happened. They found a tumor on my spine. It was constricting my, my spinal cord. So they, they had to operate on it, but nobody wanted to do it because they, they didn't want it. The guy said, the doctor who eventually did it was really great doctors, Dr. Uh, Theodore at, uh, at uh, Johns Hopkins. He said that they, they, they uh, he said, well, I understand why they didn't want to do it. And he, I said, why? And he said, because who wants to paralyze Michael J. Fox? I said, then, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the way you're thinking. So he, because it was going to, it was going to paralyze me anyway. So, so um, they, 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 they took a shot that they could arrest it and stop it from getting any worse, which is what they did. They did a great job. But anyway, point of the story is, um, so that happened. Then that happened. Then I started taking notes on it, just like kind of like this happened and I felt like this and I pissed off about this. And, and then it started to collect. And then, and then as I was collecting these notes about it, I, uh, I had this accident where I broke my arm, shattered my humerus. I say it broke it humerus. wasn't humerus. <laughs> no no yeah. fucking joke. No. Broken humorous is no fucking joke. No. But anyway, it was, it was, uh, so it was like this whole pile of things happened. And then I just, I found myself in a deep morass that I normally, I'm normally kind of a optimistic and positive person. And I was just really doubting it all and feeling like a charlatan, feeling like a, 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 a someone who peddled this idea of optimism and chin up and get through it. And then when it got shady for me, I was like, I was like, fucking, I'm out of the lemonade business. I don't want to, I don't want to put a shiny face on this. This sucks. And I started banging my misery against everyone else's misery. And I realized everybody else has misery 10 times worse than mine. And I'm complaining about this and how I've been holding up uh, optimism as a panacea for people. When, when, it, when it really everybody has their own condition, everybody has their own experience. And so I, I found my way back to my, my uh, positivism, my optimism through this journey. And so I sit down with them now, Pornberry is my producer partner. And um, she, because I tried everything else and I can't type, I can't write anything that anyone but me can understand without a Rosetta Stone. Right. And, um, and so I just, I just dictate to her and say, I want to talk about this today. And, and, I, and I write, I have it all in my head. I, I, I speak it like it's going to be on the page. But anything that isn't going to be on the page, then I take a, pe- a pencil to it and I, I book it. Like, like it's, it's hard to explain that. I know you know this. Like, if you're writing humor, it's different than timing humor. Like, and, and, and as an actor, you know, you kind of timing and things that you go off of. But on the page, you have to. I mean, I keep reaching for the ellipsis. Yeah, it's it's the reason I don't dictate is when I dictate, it sounds exactly. It is. It's not the way I want it to look on the page. So I totally hear you, particularly around comedy. It's yeah. uh, and being funny. Your book is hilarious. Um as you are and full of, and by the way, before I forget, I want to just tell you um, one of the, there's that moment in the book where uh, 
the guy you, you run into a guy in a in a shop. I think you're buying something, and he says, "I just want to thank you because you've helped me get through some tough times. I have post traumatic stress as a serviceman." It's mm-hmm. just a very it's a very thrown away, simple little snapshot of the day in your life, and I'm sure it happens to you all the time. But I'm gonna do my own version of it. So my son Matthew, um, when he was growing up, really, 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 really struggled with anxiety, big time. And um, one of the and one of the things I said is, hey, my friend Michael Fox has a great quote um, about if you imagine the worst thing that can happen and then it does happen, then you've lived it twice. And and so that made a big difference from him, for him. And he's here, you know, COVIDing with me. And I just saw him before I came down here. I said I was interviewing you. And he said, hey, remind him how much that means to me. And I use it all the time. So thank you. Thank you, dear sir. I mean, you you really, I know you hear it all the time, but you really do touch a lot of people's lives for sure. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. That's great. I'm, I'm happy about that. I sometimes wonder, that's again, that's what I was referring to. I was lying on the floor waiting for the ambulance to come with my arm in a, in, at an impossible angle. Uh, I was um, I was thinking, just thinking like all the times I said that, those sort of things to people. And could I back it up now in this, in this situation? Could I back it up? With, and, I, and I had a hard time back, backing it up. I had a hard time rising to it. So it, 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 and I, I've returned to it now, but it means a lot to me that, it resonates with people because otherwise you're just a gas bag. <laughs> well, but even, but, but see, this is might be my fa- favorite book of yours because of what you're talking about right now is like, just because you can't live up to what you want to live up to 100% of the time doesn't negate it. And, and I think that's really important is like, I know you're a perfectionist. I know that about you. And so the, the notion that you could have down days um, probably didn't seem didn't seem like it it fit for you. That's what I'm hearing you say. But that's the other gift is like nobody's perfect every day. You know, there's nobody who's an optimist every day of their lives. No, it can't be. You got to find a way to. Uh, I've kind of found a way to deal with being an optimist and a realist at the same time. Being being uh, being someone that can accept. I mean, we know a lot about acceptance. I mean, acceptance is, is everything. If you can accept the situation, you can understand it. It doesn't mean you can't endeavor to change it. It doesn't mean you can't, you have to uh, validate it or, or think it's, it's great, but it, it is what it is. It's truth. And, uh, and so I the diagnosis of the spine with the arm. The more I accepted it and understood it and said, oh, that's it. It takes up this much space in my life. How much space is there left around that to, to, to work in? Um, and it, it, what it came down to me for me was uh, the experience I, experience I kept having that brought me out of this kind of fugue state I was in uh, were, were, um, were about, about gratitude. Because everything kept coming back to gratitude. If I could find gratitude in something, then my optimism was sustainable. Gratitude, will, little bits of gratitude will feed your, 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 sense, of, your sense of optimism, your sense of, just your sense of being okay. Where did you find gratitude? Where where were the places that you were able to find it in those really gnarly times? Well, unfortunately, my father-in-law passed away, and he was a great mentor of mine and a great guy. And um, he he uh, he lived gratitude every day of his life, and he would always say, "I go to him with some problem," and he'd listen to me, and he had this hat and this big wave of silver hair, and he was I mean, heavy, not a heavy set guy, but a big guy, 
and a great guy. They have his red sweater and his fishing cap. And he, um, and he, he would say to me, whatever I said to him, I, I talked to him and I'd say, you know, like about Tracy, like I did the, she had a bum deal. She had this guy, sickness and health. She had the sickness part and I had, I had the other side of the deal. So, and he would say to me, listen to me and say, you know what, kiddo? Gets better. And he said that every day. And, I, and, I, and when he passed away, we sat vigil around his bed. The whole family, and I looked around, and I saw a lot of sadness, but no despair. Just, just gratitude that we had him. And he, we knew he was grateful that he had us. And, and, and that gratitude was just like, I, I just I kept thinking about it. I kept thinking, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. Like, if, if, you, if you're grateful, if you can find something in, in whatever it is to be grateful for, uh, whether it's a reaction of someone to some misery you had, but, but someone reacted to it in a beautiful way. Say, well, I'm grateful for that. I'm sorry this original thing happened, but I'm grateful for the reaction it inspired in others or the reaction it inspired in me. Um, so it's, it, gratitude is everywhere if you, if you look for it. Well, the, gratitude and acceptance is like, like you say. And, and again, not, not to belabor it, but, but if you can be filled with gratitude and acceptance with, with the physical challenges that just were piling up for you, then then most people, it should be a, a really easy thing to do. By the way, maybe the greatest thing ever in the book is your love of golf and people asking you what your handicap is and you saying, ah, isn't it obvious? <laughs> that might be. My, my other favorite thing is when they say, be still over the ball. <laughs> be still over the ball. I can't be still over my soup. <laughs> be still over the ball. When I, 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 when I was looking back at it, what I was amazed is how much my friends put up with like, uh, like golf is really fun. You golf, right? Oh, I'm go- I'm golfing. The minute we're done with this interview, I'm going golfing. The thing that I love about golfers is that you can't wait to play. You dying to play. You you get you, you tee time and you're ready to go. Maybe you can get on early and <laughs> and and you get your guys and you're all ready to go and you get and and then the whole time you're playing, you how am I doing? How am I, how are we doing this time? How are we doing? Are we, are we playing a fast round? You want to play a fast round? You want to play quick? Why? So you're over? You're done? It's like I like to make it last, but. But, uh, but I, I tend to, I, I realize that nobody gives a shit about anybody's game but theirs. So as, yes. long, as, you, as long as you keep the pace up, if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in the fairway bunker and everyone else is on the green, just put the ball in your pocket and catch up and get, get hit the next ball. I, I don't have to worry about being first off the tee at the next tee because I'm, I'm going to be fourth. You're going to be fourth. See, I, your golfing team was uh, Stephanopoulos was in there, right, Georgie? Stephanopoulos and Harlan, Harlan Coben and uh, – yeah, played with Fallon a few times, and that's a good with- group. Who's um, give me a little insight into Stephanopoulos's game. I'm very competitive with him. You know, we we're we have we have a hair contest going, and uh, I'm I'm beating him on height, and I always will. But um, <laughs> I want to uh, I want to know what his game's like. It's a tidy little game. He's 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 pretty. You know, he always wears a sweater and a, like Gene Sarazen. You know. <laughs> He cuts he the figure, and he and he and he's got nice games. They're real tight games. Yeah. Did I read in your book correctly that you are um, studying TM? Yeah. Tell me about. Okay, you know how things keep coming up in life, where all of a sudden somebody mentions TM, and then another person mentions TM, and no one's ever mentioned TM before to you, and like that is like I'm getting a message. I actually am signed up to start TM. I'm going to start with the David Lynch Foundation. Great, that's perfect. Great. Right? Am I going to love it? I mean, you know me. Am I going to love this thing? I bet I am. 
It's so cool. It's it's it's, it's so simple. They, they like they, like there are books written about it, and people talk about it, and and it's really basic. It's simple, but you still want to be connected to the greater something about being connected to to, to the greater wa that, 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 that is that community. Yep. And um. Yep. Um. Oh, that's beautiful. But but the the actual act itself is just it's just again it's 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 more than acceptance. It's it's just non judgment. Just if something comes comes into your head, you just. Look at it. Say, yeah, that's a thing. Let it go, and then pretty soon you get to where it's just this place that you enter that's just nothing and everything. See, I, I actually struggle with judgment. I do. That's that's like it's it just a thing. I don't. It's it's my least favorite characteristic about myself. And um, you're judging yourself and others. I hate to admit it. Well, you're judging yourself now. You're judging yourself about your judgment. That's a good point. I'm judging myself. It's it's very meta, but it is true. Yeah, it's, it's meta. It's meta, big, big time meta. And TM will help me then, potentially. I, well, yeah, it's, there's a list of things that might help you. Um, I, no, <laughs> it's, it's great. That's it's, for sure. It's 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 really cool. I mean, you never if you set the time. Like I said, the time a, a little chime goes off after thirty minutes, and um. And, and it, 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 sometimes it's like I, I have a chime that starts with my meditation, a chime that ends my meditation. Sometimes it's like bing bong. It's like, really? Yeah. It just, you just a half an hour goes in no time because you're in no place. You're nowhere. You know, you're in no time. You're in no place. You're nowhere. Um, and it, it's hard to say that, hard to explain how you don't think about anything. You don't judge anything. You don't foment any ideas. You don't, uh, you don't get lost in, and you don't sleep. I mean, that's the most amazing thing. Like, I, if I just sit on the couch for half an hour, I'm going to sleep. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll just pass out. And, um, uh, but when I started meditating, it really amazed me that I could be. It's, it's, it's just, you, you want to go, like, you want to go as low as, low as you can go, like as sleepy, not as sleepy, but as, as, as calm a place as you can get to. And it's like, it's like the, um, because we're like, you know, it's like the duck thing. Duck is smooth on the top and his legs are going like this. Yeah. You want to get the legs slow down. There's stuff underneath that's going all the time. We can, we can like say, I'm not going to care about that. I'm not going to pay any attention to it. Or you can literally not be conscious of it. That's amazing. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm supposed to start this week. Uh, I had to have, I've been shooting and you have to have, as you say, four days off to you know, four straight days. So um, I finally looks like I have a schedule that I can do it. And I'm really excited because I, I, I drive into work and it's a, it's an hour and a half every day. And, you know, they're like, I'm like, do I have to be on a mat in an ashram? Well, you don't want to be like, driving. Like, well, no, 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 I'm not gonna be driving. I'm being driven. So I can be like in the back meditating. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do it all the time. I do it on planes. I do it. Uh, you know, as long as you get, you get the time and you're going to be still, it's, it's great. And, I, and 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 I think you I think you'll withstand the blood ritual, and the, 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 you pick a digit that you give up and they chop it off and. Oh, that's good. Thank but, you. But, That'll but be you, really you know, fun. You know, you know the other TM people when you see the, the missing finger. Yeah, they're they're missing a missing a digit. Yeah. Do, do I? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the it's the Illuminati. Let's face it. People yeah, listening yeah. to the podcast like, yeah, I always knew Michael J. Fox and Rob Lowe were in the Illuminati. It makes actually <laughs> makes perfect sense. We may not have been in the Brat Pack together, but we are in the fucking Illuminati. Uh, uh, that. Illuminati Pack. And so yeah. um, 
I also learned that Michael J. Fox is an homage to Michael J. Pollard. Never yeah. knew that. Yeah, and I joined the union. They told me I had to change my name. And they had to use an initial. My middle initial was A. I thought Michael A. Fox was presumptuous. And that also reminded me of like, the <laughs> Canadian accent, Michael A. Fox. So well, I, he's, pretty, he's pretty good in that movie, eh? Yeah, he's pretty good in that movie, eh? Not bad, eh, hoser? I think there's more to him than Teen Wolf, eh? <laughs> when I'm with the wolf, people like me. <laughs> Is there any notion that you got Teen Wolf because you were a fox? Did they? I, I don't know. I, it may have been some lupine, vulpine, uh, trans-special. Uh, I don't know. Trans-special. That was, was a weird thing because I, I – uh, Meredith Ashley Bruni got pregnant, and, and, and so in the middle of production, she was having twins. So we had to shut down for a while. So I had five weeks. So these guys came to me and said, do this werewolf movie. So I said, yeah, what the hell? What? I got nothing else going on. And I sit around while Meredith has babies. So I did this movie, and then, and then I shortly after that, I got Back to the Future. Now I'm doing like this big movie, Back to the Future. And, uh, and Teen Wolf, I know it's floating out there like a bad planet. Just Don't kid yourself. Around. It's not. It's not a bad planet. It's did. It's. I, I, mean, I, was, I was sitting. I remember this day. I was sitting in my trailer and I had this yak hair glued to my face, and I had this foam piece in my mouth, and I was sucking my lunch through a straw, and I just thought, "What happened? What happened? It was going, it was all going so well." And, <laughs> and then at that moment, at that moment, I, as I was this rubber face, and I was sweating under this yak hair. And um, in this, these, I hear these two PAs talking about uh, uh, location scouts are there for for, for anyone for Steven Spielberg's company. So it's kind of the same locations we're shooting for a new movie called Back to the Future. The Chris McGlover is going to be in. And I said, Chris McGlover, he's doing that movie. And um, uh, and then two weeks later, I was on it. Oh, you know, um, there's so much to unpack with Back to the Future, but I will begin with this. We were shooting St. Elmo's Fire on the Universal lot, and they were shooting Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly. Yeah. And I actually came and watched Eric as Marty, and that's a very different Marty than your Marty. And (laughs) his his Marty McFly was a very intense, troubled youth who was very misunderstood. And he had, like, trench coats and jack boots, as I remember it. Yeah crazy dyed hair jobs and then you came in we were all light and funny and charming and killed it it was uh it was an interesting thing i didn't i never saw any of eric's footage i'm a big fan of eric we all know eric is yeah. great acting yeah. brilliant acting. and um uh and so i i never felt i felt that they wanted something completely different so i didn't feel any kind of competitive thing with them i didn't feel like oh, now i'm gonna go and do it right i just like i just <laughs> i was gonna do it the way i did it and like uh, and i just went with the tone of the material as, as I as I interpreted it, um, but the one thing I, I did not having seen any of his stuff, I did see his reaction, the reaction shots of the people that he had scenes with. Because a lot of times I do a scene and they use their coverage from from the scene with Eric, and so they'd be reacting to Eric, and I'd be they'd cut to me and I'd say my lines, and they'd cut to them reacting to Eric. So I could I could uh, I could kind of take it from the way the new footage that they shot with me, the way they reacted to me to how it's how they originally started it with 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 the shot footage they shot it was amazing like I could tell from that that it was different energy there's a great there's a script out there I don't even know if you're aware of it about the making of back to the future do you know about this no 
So, you know, the blacklist, right? It, it's the blacklist in Hollywood is a list every year. They call it the blacklist. Of, great unproduced. Of great unproduced screenplays. Exactly. So this was on the blacklist uh, two or three years ago. It's genius. Um, have your folks dig it up just, just for you to, you'll just really enjoy it. But it's a very heartfelt, highly researched um, story of the making it back to the future. Right, it's really cool. It yeah, it's cool. Um, you also talk about in the book that you had become a character actor. I love that. Is there, there's nothing better, right? I mean, right, well, you use that too. You do that brilliantly. A lot of things. I think of the Liberace thing. <laughs> Thank you. It was fantastic. It was so good. I remember, I remember like rooting you on, like I was watching that going, yes. <laughs> it's just great to see you take those chances and do, do so well with them. That's it's not like it's like the thing when Addison comes backstage and, and says, you say, what do you think? And they say, you were so brave. <laughs> it, it wasn't like that at all. It, it, was, it, was, sincerely no. great. it was sincerely great. It was really good. <laughs> thank you. Thank but, you. But, but, um, Thanks, but, but yeah, I was, I always feel weird about those when I did a couple of out there things. But, but, um, uh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was like, I think of that thing where they say a short, a short movie star, uh, uh, a short actor walks, walks, stands on a box and a, and a short movie star makes everyone else stand in the ditch. Mm. And, and it, there was none of that stuff with, with, with the kind of role of, of characters I did. It was just like just showing up to work and just with the lunch pail and, and being like number 12 on the call sheet and having no sweat, and no, no owners burden on you to, to come through and to do something spectacular. You just had to be in the moment and play the guy. It was really fun. Well, that's I'm wondering because, like you know, you've you you're a huge star, but you also like hit it out of the park when you just. It's kind of like being Mariano Rivera, right? I feel like <laughs> you come out of the bullpen. You know, somebody else has basically won the game for you. Yeah, and you get and you get to come in and just crush it, and then go back and and that's it. And is it is it the lack of pressure? Is I that what gives play, it I, makes it so freeing? I make them play entertainment when I go. I love that you know that. I love it. I used to love that. That's a cranking out. It's like my friend Cam Neely. Do you know Cam Neely? Of course I do. Yeah. yeah hockey, he, hockey Cam. Hockey Cam, yeah. He, when he would, when he would uh, come on the ice, they play bad to the bone. Oh. It was always so great. What would you, what would, uh, it's fun. Okay, this, now you're playing a game that the low boys like to play. This is the game of what is our walk off, walk on music for life. Oh, that's good. You wake up in the morning, you're walking in to brush your teeth to look at yourself in the mirror, you're getting ready to do your TM, what's playing? You know, the first thing that came to my head when you said that, and I had no idea why, mm. I, was, I was running with the devil. You know, that, yeah. that, you know the great, that great crescendo thing, not crescendo, it's the opposite, like glissendo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually hear you now doing it. When Running with the devil, Michael J. Fox. Running it, with the devil, Michael J. Fox. How's that? I love that. That's great. Thank you. This is great because it's because it's not a it's not a song that has anything to do with anything I'm doing in my life. I'm not running with the devil. I'm like uh, like shuffling no. down the hallway to the elevator, the service elevator, because the main elevator just broken and going down to my office. <laughs> Yeah, not doing anything major. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. 
where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as the razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Okay, I need you to, to give me a little more context to one of my favorite little nuggets in the book. Um, Paul Simon. Yeah. I love him. He's great. Very jealous. Very jealous of you that you uh, apparently were playing me and Julio down by the schoolyard with him. How that happens, I don't know. But only in Michael Fox world does that happen. And and you had a 
fantastic interaction with him. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And it, it's so happy that it came, because the original context of the, in the book is that I'm at a concert with Tracy and, and then this uh, Vampire Weekend is playing that song. Um, uh, I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to die. So I kind of broke that up as a dialectical uh, computation. Yep. And, yep. and um, so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, well, I'm not going to call the guy up and say, what did you mean by this? Because you never get an answer from an artist about what they meant. They, they want you to figure it out. And I used an example the time that I was doing this thing with Paul Simon. And I said, and, and I was struggling with the lyric. And I said, it's, it's so cryptic. And he looked at me and said, yes, Michael. Yes, they are cryptic. And it was just like, <laughs> what an asshole I am. It's <laughs> so great. It's, let's just break down me and Julio down by the schoolyard and find out what's cryptic. Mama Pajama rolled out of bed uh, and went to the police station. When Papa found out, he began to shout yeah, and started, started the investigation. investigation. It's against the law. It's against, it's against the, the law. law. Mama saw. It was Mama Saw. It against the law. Right? I can't track it. You can't track it. Yeah, I can't. Like, I don't know what's going like, Paul, what is against the law? What did Mama Saw? Yeah. My favorite is the radical priests come to get me released and we all on the cover of Newsweek. Yeah. Uh, by the way, could we be any more white and old? We're white and is old. Is it possible? We are old white guys. We are old white guys. I mean. This is terrible. This is, ter- this is terrible. I mean, we should be, I don't know, we should be dissecting, I don't know, Billie Eilish. <laughs> Instead, look at us. Look at us. I did a thing the other day with, uh, with uh, Lil Nas X. No way. Yeah, he did. I, did, I did, was in, a, I was in a, a, a trailer for a night. It's so complicated. The business now, I can't, <laughs> I can't begin to track it anymore. <laughs> I did a trailer for, his, for the premiere of his video. I wasn't in the video. I was in the trailer. But you're in the for trailer the for the premiere of the video you're not in. I love this. Yeah. Because I often think of you two in the same breath, so that all makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> we are we, we the same clothing store. Um, yeah, he, he was really great. He was really sweet. And then they asked me to do this thing. And when I, when I said, hey, it was Martin McFly as, as Clint Eastwood in part three. And I also known as the broke back to the future. And, um, Whoa. And uh, I, I, was, I, I had the, the Clint Eastwood hat on. And I say, uh, whatever you do, don't, no, just don't go to 2020. That was my line. It was, uh, and it, it, I, I've done whole movies that, that got as much attention as the one line I did in the Lil Nas X video, video trailer. Isn't it? I mean, it's crazy what our, what, I mean, you know, dude, we're all, you know what? It, we're old timers. I remember being in the business and people be like, you see you sitting in the corner, Jimmy Stewart. Now I'm not saying we have yeah. that kind of iconography, but we've been ar- around that long now. It's like, it's funny you say that I did. I did a, a cameo in a movie, a Stephen Bristol movie for Spike Lee produced. And, and, uh, and uh, it was weird. I was on the set and, and, and people were treating I was going to see people behaving toward me in a certain way that I just yeah. went, they think I'm Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, this, I think Margaret Hamilton came to do a cameo. <laughs> but well, just, if you just do the math, think about it. Like the people on the set were, some of them weren't born when Marty no. McFly was crushing. No, a lot of them. A lot of my friends were born when Marty McFly was crushing. It's, 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 it's bizarre. We're really old. I mean, and by the way, just, just don't, don't, I mean, the don't you think that 
Outsiders, I was, I, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, came out in 80. 40 years ago. 40. Uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Just a, No, you're not. It's about right. You're not. You're not. Oh, really? I, I, I wish you were exaggerating. It was 70, it was 81, 82. Ugh. Okay. Um, Power of Love's playing in the radio and, and you change the channel and St. Almost Fire's playing on the other channel. Which song do you listen to all the way to the end? I try to find Night Ranger's Secret of My Success. Oh, dude, that might be the greatest <laughs> ever. I'd forgotten about That's that. The secret of my success is working 24 hours a day. Oh, my God. I'm so getting that right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I wonder if you can even find that. I wonder if you can have that on, uh, on uh, iTunes. The secret of my success is working 24 hours a day. <laughs> um, I was hoping I would get a little more color surrounding um, the De Palma movie. Why can't I oh, think of the title of it right now? Casualties of War. Casualties of War. Well, you know, I was in the jungle with Sean for six months. I mean, well, that's why. That's right. what I'm saying. I know where the stories are buried. Sean, Sean, I gave Sean at the end of the movie, I gave, I gave him a, a gift, a pair of Muay Thai boxing shorts and some gloves to take aggression on somebody. Uh, but he, <laughs> I, I said, I spent a note, I said, I can't say it was a pleasure, but it's certainly a privilege. And he liked that. He would like that. That'd be like the ultimate, that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's uh, I mean, he... It was, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting movie. It was, it, I'm trying to think, have you done any jungle film? I have not done a jungle film. By the way, that might be my favorite. Have you done any jungle films? It's like, it's a, only an old time movie star. Cause they, you, you, you don't need any desert pictures. <laughs> jungle pictures. You any jungle pictures? The, the, thing, the thing I think about is, Bob Zemeckis has a thing as well as the slug line from the top of the script that says, exterior night jungle rain. He said, if I ever see exterior night jungle rain, I'm off the fucking movie. I'm not doing it. That's amazing. Syrian night jungle rain. And you had that. That's basically the entire yeah. movie. Yeah, it was a whole movie. They had a whole movie of Syrian night jungle rain. Like, like fucking idiot with Sean Penn. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I feel like I was on a plane flight with Tracy and she was coming to visit you. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, might have been. Yeah, she came over to visit. Yeah, I was like, how's Mike doing over there? And she's like, hmm. <laughs> Syrian night jungle rain. Exactly. I worked with Ricky Gervais. Uh, he d- wrote and directed this movie I, that I did, and it, he had actually adapted the script. And the very first thing he did was took out all the night shoots. It's the very first thing he did. He's like, this script needs work. I'm thinking <laughs> character, third act needs to be tight. Night shoots, out. I kind of like that. I, I love it because it, it imposes something on the movie that it becomes a choice. It becomes an artistic choice, but it's actually just a just a, a slovenly habit of someone who doesn't want to stay out late. We, we don't, we, we stayed out late enough. We did yeah. that. Yeah. As people say, are you tired? I said, I'm, I'm tired since Teen Wolf. They <laughs> 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 I mean, never got any better after that. <laughs> and I went so fast, but it feels like it took forever. I remember people always talk to me about the difference between movies and television. And by the way, now, that conversation 
it is so different that I don't even know how to answer it because movies aren't what they used to be and TV isn't what it used to be and what is streaming television. It's, it's, it's all so fucking weird and fucked up. I can't. But back in the days when TV was TV and movies were movies, I remember so vividly being in, is it possible a Ferrari, Michael? Yeah, it's entirely possible, unfortunately. Okay. So I remember being, in, I remember it vividly being in a Ferrari with you on Santa Monica Boulevard. No, we were not cruising. Let me just no, no. say. No backseat. No backseat. So we, couldn't we, have been. We couldn't be out. Yeah. And I remember in a, in, in St. Elmo's Fire was out and Back to the Future was out. And this group of people like well, saw you and they went so f- nuts. And, and I realized it, that the television, because family, between family ties, and it, it really is, in television, they, you're friends, like you're in their lives. You are part of the fabric of, their, you're, you're a family member. And in, in, in movies, there's a distance to it that, 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 I, that I, I, I found that the reactions were, were totally different. But the very first time I, I, I sort of saw that was, was, was with you and the commotion you were causing. Yeah. But yeah, there was a, the thing about that was Richard Chickle talking about that, the old critic, uh, time mm-hmm. critic, uh, yeah. about, about the fact that like television, you are, you're part of the family. I mean, literally people are sitting on the toilet, looking through the open door at the TV in the bedroom and watching yep. and they're, they're that familiar with you. And so there is that kind of familiarity and that kind of feeling like they don't worry about bu- bursting a bubble getting inside some guard, you're totally accessible to them. They have every right to approach you. Yep. So, and that, that's all cool. But with movies, you go into a cathedral with a bunch of strangers and you look at a gigantic image of, of, of like James Dean. And it's just, it's, 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 it transcends that kind of familiarity. It becomes more iconic. And, and, and so those people mean it's bigger. It's, 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 it's like, to meet a film star, they'd be like, oh, this is Pacino. But to meet, uh, hey, it's uh, Ted from Cheers. You know? Yeah. And then they, they feel like it, slap Ted on the back and, and, and tell him a joke. Who was who your big um, idol? I know you're a big Cagney guy, right? Yeah, I like Cagney a lot. Um, but my big idol, I, I, idol would have to be actors that I really liked. I loved um I guess like Jack Warden and these guys yeah. character guys. So you really truly do like, I mean dude Michael J. Pollard. I mean that kind of be, tells you right there. I mean and he's a, a great character actor, but he's not he's not Jack Warden. I mean I don't think he's that famous, right? I don't I, I know guy performance wise it just popped in my head. Uh, yeah. in terms of television it was it was it was just a, I thought of genius. And and apparently I don't know about him as, as a guy or whatever else the work he did. Uh, but this particular role, Carol O'Connor in, 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 in All in the Family, oh. was unbelievable, just impeccable. This is, and B. Arthur, for that matter. Just uh, timing, like timing, you could cut uh, a piece of garlic back then. It's, it's timing was so sharp. I remember being a, a kid in Ohio and watching All in the Family every single Saturday night. That's a, also hilarious is that there was a time when that's where you put your hits on, on television. <laughs> was Saturday night, I think, or Friday, whatever it was, but it's a night that we don't put television on anymore. But I remember seeing her win, uh, must have been an Emmy, and being so shocked that she didn't talk like this. 
in real life. That's good. I was like, right? It was not a bad B. Arthur just on out of the uh, fly, right? No, it was Gene Stapleton. Yeah, right? B. Arthur was mine. Oh, G- oh, B. Arthur. Oh, sorry, I was mixing her up. Yeah, but Gene Stapleton. That was awesome. That was a great Gene Stapleton. It was a shitty, uh, shitty Maude. B. Arthur. Yeah, B. Arthur was really sucked. But but Maude but, was Gene. Oh no, she had her timing. Her with she did the withering look. Yeah, she could do the she could do the slow burn. Well, this is funny because it's, it's an interesting thing. Like uh, uh, um, people always ask me how how they don't always ask me, but they have asked me in the past two different people at least uh, about the difference in millennial humor and, and and between their humor and our humor and like these glyphs and glyphs and stuff on in the in the, in the memes and their memes. crazy stuff they're into and all that that wacky stuff. And I, I, I explained to somebody, I said, like, when we did Family Ties, and I had a joke. Like, let's say I had a, Justine said that she and her boyfriend were going out, and then how, how close they were, and it was like they had one heart, one mind, one brain. And, 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 I, and I, it set up for me. So now, it's cut to me, the audience laughs. I haven't said anything yet. I go walk across the kitchen to the you know, fridge. I open the fridge, I take out the juice, orange juice, a glass out, I pour the orange juice. All the while they're cutting to me and I'm getting laughs. The laugh is building and building and building and building and building. And then I walk over to the table and I put the glass down. They laugh. I sit down in the chair. They laugh. I look at her. They laugh. I hold, I hold, I hold, I hold. And then I say, who's using it tonight? <laughs> and, and then the place goes crazy. And I showed that to my kids. I said, what, what's all the, you say the joke. They want it faster. They want it. They want cut to the, cut to the chase, cut to the joke. They want her to blow up into thousands of little frogs that scoot across the kitchen floor. <laughs> and it just, it just something that makes no sense. And we'll be right back after this. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high-quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360 day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out 
how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Rob Lowe. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance TVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. I was moved and sad and happy the same time uh, in the book where it's your second retirement chapter. Yeah. Um, I thought, first of all, it was really beautifully written, really evocative. What I love, what I love about your, your books are that they're, they're, they deliver on all the things you want them to deliver on, right? Like authenticity, look behind the curtain, deeply personal, honest, dishy in just the right way, <laughs> right? Cause you can't like, you can't be like famous person and not like pretend like you didn't know any other famous people. So you gotta like, and, and, but then it's also really um, sneaky moving. And I was really moved by, by that. And, 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 but more so by your attitude about it. And you're like, it is, it is what it is. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe this is it, maybe it isn't, but it feels like it is it. Yeah, I don't, I don't push it. It was, it was an interesting moment because it, I, I either just, I hadn't seen it yet uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. But there's a great scene where Leo does this thing and he, he's, a, he's a guest actor on another guy's show and he can't remember his lines. He goes back to the dressing room and he just excruciates himself and rips into himself, tears himself apart about how, how he's falling apart and he's no good anymore. I had, I had the similar thing on uh, uh, the, the Good Fight which I'd done the good wife for all those years and they did the spinoff. And I, I went to play reprise the character that I played on the good wife. And I couldn't remember the lines. I couldn't. And, and the more I tried to, it became almost funny, except that it was slowing down the production and everyone was getting pissed off. But, but so I went back in the dressing room and I expected to have that moment where I looked in the mirror and said, what is the matter with you? And I said, I went, meh. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to kill myself because I can't remember seven pages. I think that I think they actually had an alternate version of that in in the Tarantino movie where Leo came back and looked at himself and they went, eh, but it didn't <laughs> test well. Yeah, the audience wasn't compelled by that. I so. love it. Um, so that was it. That was the mo- the light bulb moment for you. Yeah, it was just it just kind of said I don't need to be doing anything I don't want to be doing, and, and and I just I don't I don't I like I like the acting in a certain way that that I, a certain ease about it. No, no matter how much I challenge myself, there was a facility and a, 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 a organic talent to do it. And if that's impeded in some way and I can't access that, then there's no joy in it for me. And so I'm, I won't do it. But but that's not to say someone can't come up with a great idea and a great concept and a way that I can use my challenges and my gifts in, in equal proportion. And, um, and so that may happen, but I'm not, I'm not scouting, not pounding the pavement looking for it. So who's got a screenplay that can take me to the top again? Like Ollie. Yeah. I, it's, I, it's really inspiring. It really is. Cause the other thing is like, you've got nothing to prove. You left it all in the gym. You, you got, <laughs> so it's, it's not like you don't have a billion other areas in your life that you're, you have interests and cool stuff to go do. That's the amazing thing is that this is kind of where we started this conversation, but gratitude about like recognizing what you've got and what, what, what's hard and what's challenging and what's difficult. It only takes up so much space. It can't, it can't take up everything. It's, it can only take up so much space and then you have all this other space to live your life. If you don't, if you don't delineate it that way, if you don't clarify it and make those, 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 those uh, acknowledgements, then it's going to, it's going to just become this ooze that's going to seep in every crevice and cranny of your, of your, of your life. And you're never going to deal with it. And so it's always going to be there. And so it's always eating away at you. So um, best to just confront it and say, oh, well, I can't, I can't do this. I've tried a couple of times. And I can no longer do it. So I'm going to just step back and see what happens. I'm going to write a book. I hope you write more books. I, I think I'm going to write a more novel. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. do you ever, do, do you, have you ever been compelled to write non, non-fiction? Yeah, that's what I like to try next. Or fiction, I mean, fiction. You've fiction. written non-fiction now, I'm sorry. Fiction. Yeah. I, yeah, I like to, I like to write. Uh, Harlan Coben is a good friend of mine, and I just can't marvel at the way he, I'm, I'm golfing, and I'll say, when do, who's writing these books? When, when, I, I, I'm golfing with you all the time. I'm not golfing with you, I'm texting with you. When, when are you writing the books? Saturdays? It's amazing. Yeah, uh, it's I think it's a great, it's a great calling to be able to do that. And Tracy's good. How's my girl? Love her so much. Okay. You, you, you married well, sir. Oh, by the way, yeah. that's that. People say, "What's the you know?" Cheryl and I have been married thirty years now, and you're we're sort of the same in the long marriage department. I people always ask, like, "What do you attribute it to?" And I say, "It's like when they asked Hitchcock about what do you attribute a hit movie to." He said, "It's all about casting." And and I I feel like marriage is like that too. It's like you got to choose the right person. It's funny you say that because I actually used to tell people that's how, how did I meet Tracy. I cast her. I cast her as the girlfriend in, in Family Ties, and she she um she didn't the thing about Tracy she didn't she didn't blink when it, when it got very early in our marriage. I mean, it got twisted very early in our marriage. Yeah, I uh, I I got uh, I got was diagnosed, and then I got. And I got sober a year later, and then in the first couple of years after you get sober, like a knife fight in the closet, it's not fun. And um, but she didn't blink, and she stayed with me. And and then it just becomes you know all the regular stuff, the man woman stuff. But 
But also there's just this friend stuff. It's so deep to trust that you have in each other and the, and the, and the, and the, the understanding and the, and the sense of humor. The fact that like, like you look at something and you say, we could react to it this way or we could laugh and, and move on. And, and, we, and we laugh and move on. And it's just, it's just it's something beyond, um, it's beyond, it's beyond anything else. It's just like this bond, you know, after 30 years where you just finish, you can start each other's sentences. Yeah. And the kids are all seem to be doing great. I, I, I was happy to get to spend two seconds with them. I guess we ran into each other in Mexico last time we were. Yeah. And um, I couldn't believe how, God, they're so big. They're so, first of all, how did you, why are my kids smaller than me and your kids are bigger than you? How does that, is that Tracy? What the hell? Yeah, it's Tracy. Um, my goal was just to have, as far as my son goes, I just wanted him to be taller, smarter, better looking. And I accomplished those goals. He said, he saw those things. And my daughters are amazing. But they're all grown up now. My youngest is 18. My, uh, my oldest is 31. My son is 31. It's, I don't know where it goes. It's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 res- I really resonated with that. The, uh, you and Tracy learning to just chill now that the kids, your, your work is sort of done. Yeah. Now it becomes about you again. Yeah. And it's time to just reacclimate. Cheryl and I spent a lot of time doing that. And then COVID hit and the kids are back. Yeah. The minute I figured out my my life without my kids in the house, they're back in the house. I had the same experience. It's so weird. Yeah. We had them all in the house and it was it was amazing. It was like I got to know them all over again. I got to because uh, all the Tracy cooked all these amazing meals. And uh, and and we were having this experience. I got to recognize at the outset. That, that there was this weird thing happening in the world, this dichotomy, where you had people like us and you, presumably, having our families together and, and using the time to have conversations and to do jigsaw puzzles and watch movies and, 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 and uh, share books and do all that stuff because there's nothing else to do. And it, it was so energizing and, and beautiful. And then you have people looking through windows at loved ones they can't get to while they... Yeah. On ventilators and hallways and overcrowded hospitals and and it, to to know it didn't make it didn't make the other any less sweet, but 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 you had to recognize it. It was, it was a really interesting time. So you're saying it's about grat- gratitude, you know that that's definitely the theme of of this talk is being grateful for for even in in a in a time like that for finding the good in it. You're the expert. You, I mean, I think you are you're a black belt. <laughs> in that, I felt optimistic. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, I might as well enjoy life. And I think there's always uh, the only thing we had going back in the '80s. We, we were having a good time. We never been conscious of a lot of it, but we were having a good time. We did. It really I, was a simpler time. It was. So we, we imagine if they had the internet then, too. We were ready to move. I mean, I'm telling you, bro. The adventures I want. We, you and I could write a book on the bus, the celebrity bus tour we did through <laughs> California for whenever some proposition. It was the best. It was so fun. I love that those pictures resurface. My kids, my kids find, my kids find this, they do my Instagram, right? My daughters do it. And, um, and so they find these pictures and they say, I have this picture of you and Rob Lowe and who's this guy? And it's Jed Nelson. And, they, and then they made him watch The Breakfast Club. And um, oh. it's, it's also a great movie. Oh, 
a, such a good move. I mean, for my money, that's the one. I mean, that's yeah. to me, that and Fast Times, they're, they're the two. Yeah. Fast Times is brilliant. So good. Um, so, so it all connects. It all moves around because my kids are discovering. I found a picture of Eddie Van Halen passed away. And I was bumming about it. And I was we were at breakfast and I was saying how sad I was and how great he was. And how first time I heard eruption, I couldn't believe that a human being did that. And, uh, and then uh, the school that they used his music in, in Back to the Future. And so I was talking about it Van Halen. And then meanwhile, my daughter's on tapping away on her cell phone. And she was a picture of me and Eddie Van Halen from 1981. <sighs> and, I said, and I said, my son was like, how cool is that? that you just found a picture of dad and Eddie Halen, Eddie Van Halen. And um, uh, it, it's amazing. It's a weird world. It is. I mean, you are you're you've got that Zelig vibe going. You know, it's like there's something about that time. You know, like uh, you know, I could Google you with almost anybody, and I bet you I could find it. Really, truly, there's some, there's some pictures. There's a picture of me, like me and Boy George, and, uh, and talking at it because you just be talking to someone. You know, Ozzy Osbourne would come up behind you and throw his arm around your neck, and you know, like like I never met the guy, but we've been all you know. Looks like we've known each other since the Middle Ages. It's so great. Uh, you and, I mean, we didn't even get to talk about you and jo- Joan Jett. Joan Jett. Yeah. Joan yeah. Jett, baby. That's a co-star. I had a picture of me, Joan Jett, and uh, uh, Alan Arkin. What? Because we were, we were, in, uh, we were in Chicago, and we went to see, uh, we were in Chicago during the light of day, and we went to see Glengarry Glenn Ross, and uh, Alan Arkin was in it. It's just weird. Like three people, like you'd never you get put them, everybody in a bag and shake out three. Mix them up. You'd never, you'd never come up with those three. My kids found a picture of me and Drake. Oh, nice. And they were like, I all of a sudden I was really cool. Nah, he's Canadian. I know. But he's I know. recent. I, it's, 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 there's a picture I got from, I don't know, you might even be in this picture. It's a picture from NBC from 1986. And they got all the NBC stars over the years and it and and so there's like me and Cosby and guys like that. But there was oh, wow. like there was like red buttons and and Jack <laughs> Benny and all these guys that were just just still around then. Uh uh who's the guy with the, the big schwanz? Um, oh Milton Burl. Milton Burl, yeah. yeah. I was he, gonna say it wasn't James Woods. He wasn't in that photo. <laughs> no, James Woods and you get James Woods and Milton Burl mixed up all the time. So if you're if you're a listener and you don't know the famous Milton Berle story, I think Mike, I think it's incumbent upon one of us to tell it, don't you think? I, I I'm, what, what do you, what do you, what do you tell it? Do you t- yeah. So it's it's um, my producers are shaking their heads at me. Oh oh, I see. This is a bridge too far, is it? <laughs> All of the things we've talked about in the podcast. Oh, I see. I don't want to offend their delicate sensibilities, but basically, here's a story about Milton Berle's dick. So, um, he he's notoriously right, Mike. I'm not making the please, Mike. You got to back me up because no, my producers I, are giving me these looks like oh, I can't believe this is a it, terrible. And there's a way you can tell the story without 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 getting to the meat of it, so to speak. Yes, it's just 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 that he would there's some contention about who's, who's who was bigger. And by the way, do you in in the contention part of this story? Who did you hear was the rival? I have heard very various people. I, I've Me heard too. Everyone from Marlon Brando to, to Jackie Gleason. No, I never heard that. You know the two I heard? I heard... Wally Cox? I've heard that too, but not in this. Um, I heard Lee Majors, <laughs> which makes sense timing-wise. 
and Chuck Norris, the rifleman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chuck, 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 Chuck Connors. Chuck, Chuck Connors. Sorry. Um, so they meet. They know that they know that every girl says about yeah. this one and that one. And you they know, decide you, 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 just, you just know, you know, you, you just know. I think they call it big dick energy now. There's a whole thing <laughs> the kids call it. It's, uh, only these days. The kids, ask your kids, there's a whole thing is, and it's been created by the kid from SNL. He's the originator of Big Dick Energy. Oh, the skinny guy? Yeah. Yeah. Pete Davidson. Yeah, Pete, Pete Davidson is the originator of today's Big Dick Energy. But before before Pete Davidson, there was Milton Berle. Yeah. So, so yeah, so they go, so they, they, they say, let's, I'll bet you mine's no that. And then they go, okay, let's look at them. And Milton Berle's friend leans over to Milton and says, Milton, just take out enough to win. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was different. I thought it was. Uh, you, you, you really going to pull it out, Milton? And Milton said, "Just enough to win." I love it. I like that version better. Yeah, well, I, I, I did, did the comedy thing. Just enough to win. Just enough to win. That's really just good. En- just enough to win. And who do you like better? Is in the who do you cast in the I- other part? I like I like uh, I like some I like the Lee Majors thing. It's really great. Me too. That, that's where I was going with the Milton, with the with the Marlon Brando. Yeah. So it'd be some like some like guy who's like a, a stud, like a, yeah, six million dollar man, good looking guy. What do you think they spent the money on? Yeah, they rebuild him. We can rebuild, they rebuild him. him. We, we well, they didn't stop at his arm. <laughs> his <laughs> eye. They're like, if we're going to rebuild him. Let's really yeah, do it. They're rebuilding him, and they kind of like. Got any ideas for down there? <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, he woke up a doc while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, while you're down there. A little, a little something for the effort. That, which is nice. Which is uh, nice. See, this could go on forever. This is the the, the greatest. Uh, yeah. what do you, what's, your, what do you, what's your plan for today? What do you got on the docket? Uh, I got to do um, uh, um uh, daily show. Oh, no way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You're my, you're my warm-up. I love it. I don't want to exhaust you. Well, I, what happened was my drugs wore off, so I've turned into a pumpkin, but you're accommodating it very well. Uh, no, you're, you're the best. Mike, you know how much I love you, and I, I, there are very few people that that I just uh, that have really know that know. I mean, we've been through it, the ups and the downs, and, and <laughs> you know, we'll go years without seeing each other, and but it doesn't make any difference. I feel like you're you're like a fraternity brother of mine, and yeah, it's and very, I, very much so. I think I think the same thing. I think we we went through a time and a, uh, an experience that was really it was crazy and dangerous and sorted, but it was lovely and sweet and, and very fraternal and very very much uh, kind of uh, looking at looking the eye of someone, whether it's you or whether it's Whoever, I mean, just you look at each other, and I need you know what what didn't need to be said, and, and what and what yep. could be said several times. Well, I love you, brother, and um, I'll let you know when I get the TM thing going, and uh, yeah, I'll meet you on the TM highway. And and congrats on the book. Have fun on the book tour. Thank you. Um, give give Tracy a hug for me. Tell those kids I said hi. Well, I'd be happy to. All right, brother, I love you. All right, thank you, man. You bet. Bye. Wow, that leaves me feeling so great. Oh, my heart is just warmed. I'm always warmed seeing Foxy, or as he could have been called, Michael A. Fox. I think he should have gone with it. I think that should have been his name. 
He is a fox. He always will be in my book. All right. I hope you guys loved it as much as I did. That was a pretty great talk with a pretty great man. All right, y'all. I will see you next week. By the way, if you like the show, um, give us a nice rating on uh, on Apple or wherever the hell you rate the show. I like that. I like when, because I read them. I do. Um, comments are good. So keep them coming and thank you. And I'll see you next week. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blair. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks.